Out From Work Podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right, welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You are listening to episode 79 today of the podcast and uh, excited to be on with a guest again here because I've been solo for a couple of weeks. For those of you who have been keeping up with me, I've been like getting ready to to move here and doing a lot of uh, things with this next place here and it's been a thing. So, um, you know, I am glad to be back nonetheless with some people to talk to because I'm I'm kind of a chatty Kathy here. So episode 79 tonight. Thank you for joining me, TJ Vegas. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dude, uh, we're well, we were already chatting a bunch before the show, but it's it's good to have you. And for those that don't know TJ, TJ and I go, we were like doing the math on it pretty far back at this point because I'm getting yeah. old as shit. In uh, like 2011, I honestly don't remember like the first show I met you at, dude. It was just like somewhere in that scene of like when I was playing in hardcore bands in Match. Yeah, I think I around then it was Eye for an Eye. Yeah. I booked you like two times. I think one time might be at Anchors Up and the other time was at the Jam Factory before they stopped doing hardcore shows. Yeah. Yeah, wait, was the Jam Factory, is that... It was in Manchester. It was on Elm Street. It had pillars, right? Yeah, and it was like a small little function hall with like a pool table in the other room. Dude, people lost it at that show. Like, yeah, I was, I was in, I was in the crowd with the mic, and there yeah. was a guy that like took his fist and like punched through. Like, there was a mirror thing, and he just like looked at me and then punched through a mirror and like had like glass shards and shit in his arm and just looking at me. He's like, oh, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Yeah, like, we had to drop, uh, <laughs> we had to drop some money to fix everything that we broke. Oh, the that ceiling show. tiles too. Someone like took a kid and like pushed him up into the ceiling tiles. And then there yeah. was like shit all over his hair and stuff. I believe like, it was cold words last show. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my God. They ripped, man. They were good. Always do. Yeah. So, yeah. So we go way back. Uh, if you don't know TJ, he's a bunch of different things. He is a rapper, goes by the name of Kill Murray. He is a podcaster, has a clothing brand, both looped into just plain filthy. And then obviously, like I was saying, he is a longtime music promoter for our local scene. And just in general, because in the podcast, he always talks about a lot of different bands on there and talks to a lot of different bands but uh he's always played a, a role if you're in like the manchester new hampshire concord i don't know haverhill just anywhere in the hardcore or, like metal or, or punk scene now rap scene you've probably <laughs> just bumped into him at some place or another like whether it was like i think back in the day it was the siren agency for a little bit yeah but any you, you just like he's one of those guys where if you were just playing music and you were hanging out with people playing music, you would eventually at some bar club or place, you'll just like, he'll appear like a genie or something. Like yeah. if you, I feel like just like rise up. I'll grant you three podcast plays. <laughs> Perfect, man. So yeah, dude, do you want to tell people how did you get into 
all these different things because it's, it's like a big mix of things but like when you when when you know when people know you i feel like it just makes total sense though too like it's not it's super natural for you to just like these different things and play in each one you know yeah i'm just i gravitate towards people who are passionate about what they do that's kind of why i'm i think i'm here with you because we have the same kind of likeness when it comes to that when i first started uh, yeah. I believe it was 2006, 2007. I didn't know anything about local music scene. Never mind the metal scene at all, because heaviest I was listening to at that point was maybe like Mudvayne. Nice. Which is one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. And uh, there was a place that opened down the road from where I was living uh, called Ground Zero. Hell yeah. I used to leave school early to go down there and help them set up for their shows. No way. With Christian? Yeah, and uh, one of the first shows I ever went, I don't remember too many of the bands, but I know Always and Forever was the headliner, and A Timely Demise was one of the openers, and there's like two or three other bands, but I was like, just the raw energy there was insane. Uh, Mosh Pits, I never really saw a Mosh Pit before, never mind Ben and one. Yeah. I pushed everywhere like a pinball, it was crazy. Then I picked up a shirt from all the bands that were there at the time. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do this again next year. And then uh, then I realized that there's shows like that every week. So You're I just like, started what? going back and going back. I could back do this all the time? Back. Yeah, it was like that every every single like weekend. So I'd go back there every weekend. And I, I'd see more bands that I don't know. And I was like, yo, I want to get in on this. So when they finally shut uh, the doors to their first location and opened it like five minutes down the road and like even closer to my house... I would just walk there after school and book shows on my own occasionally. No shit. So I was a sophomore. How old were you then? I was a 17, 16, 17. Sophomore in in high school. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I would book stuff there and it'd be like five or six band things, but I knew nothing about how to promote. So it was a lot of trial and error. And it didn't take me until like another three or four years before I finally started getting my footing in the local scene. Damn, man. You started young, dude. Yeah, I would uh, use the library printer to print out all the flyers for my shows. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> like I would hang them all to school. <laughs> I was at Pembroke Academy in Pembroke, New Hampshire, and we would also book shows at the Concord High School and book shows in their uh, their cafeteria. I think we booked like five shows in their cafeteria and every single time we raised like three hundred, four hundred dollars for the school itself. Wow. And they yeah. so like even like they're probably on board with that, right? They're obviously cool with it. Yeah, there is like you can't use too many of our resources because we're gonna need them in the morning and if anything happens to them, you're gonna have to you're gonna end up being liable because we lent them out to you. So we would bring our own lights, we would move all the tables ourselves, we'd set up our own sound, we'd hire sound people to come in. And then we just set everything up an hour or two before the show. People come in, take the money, donate the money to the office of the school and have like a giant fest in the cafeteria of that school. Damn, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's good times. I remember like, I don't know, I never did what you did where like I was consistently doing that. But it's like every once in a while, I feel like you have to book your own shows too, though, even as an artist, like you kind of, you just have to sometimes where things like there might be the right venue, but they don't have like an audio. They're like, Hey, yeah, totally throw a show here, but we don't have like audio or we don't have, if you find a lineup, we'll host it or whatever. And like, 
So every once in a while I'd do that. And I always thought it's a fun process, but it's definitely like a hustle, which is why I think a lot of people don't actually stick in it. It's like kind of like a, it's almost like a thankless job, even though like, I feel like I always thanked promoters because I knew like, I can't do things if I don't have a promoter because I don't have the time to always do. I don't have the time to book those shows like that. Right. You know, but if it's like, it's, a tough job to do. Yeah. We, uh, we teamed up with a lot of the places that we did because we ourselves didn't have sound equipment, but they had sound equipment and they weren't the best at advertising their shows, but we had different means of like podcasts and Facebook and Twitter. And we had print out our own flyers and stuff. So we had a good way of advertising. So it's, Hey, you let us use your space and your audio and we will promote our shows. We'll promote all the stuff that you have coming up and we'll help you do flyers and stuff. So it's like a relationship on both ends where you help us, we help you. And it worked for like six years or so before I took a small break and started uh, the Sired Agency. And so what drove you to start like an agency model versus like just doing things solo? Is it because of kind of that network that you already had anyway? So you're like, why don't I just make this like a thing where people find it as a brand instead of just this one thing? Or uh, Yeah, we had um, a couple people from Massachusetts that knew that scene really well and had ties to all these different venues. And then we had me and a guy named Scott from New Hampshire. And we had a couple of places that we were working with for there. We had a bunch of friends in different bands that could pull in a bunch of people. And we, I think everybody in their own right also had podcasts in way of promoting. So we just all got together every single time and used all of our resources to make the best brand that we could, uh, helping any band in the local scene that wanted our help, bringing people on to podcasts, uh, highlighting a different band every week and doing stuff like that. And it really helped out. But then we all kind of drifted away from each other. And it was a solid, another five years before I even started anything else with a a group. It was just me sharing the occasional band. Well, dude, like one thing in terms of like a group dynamic for me, like as a musician is like, I've been in bands since I was 15 at this point, you know, I mean, for people that don't know my age, that's about another 16 years. And, um, I've, so I've been in a lot of bands that have broken up, you know, And I know that for me, it's like, I always personally do better when I'm with people. I'm just like more creative. Like I need people to like, I need people first to challenge like my bad ideas. And then I also need people to like, have like just the start of a good idea and they can't finish it. And then that like really gets me, I'm like, no, I fucking love it. And I can run with it. Like it helps me to be with people. But what I guess I'm saying is like, when they broke up, there would always be these periods where I was like, I want like no people. Because like, I hate not having that control. So it's always like a, it's always like a give and take of like, if I don't have people to work with at some point, I'm going to work with people. But then like, if the people break up because it's just like, just because like that happens, right. It's just life over time. Then I'll always want like a period of like downtime where it's just me. I feel like before I can do that again, is that like what happened for you or like it just Um, I tried to do things by myself, but then I realized that I didn't have that many tie-ins like they did. And I was foolish that I didn't really talk to any of their hookups. 
or anything. So once everything ended, it was just me doing graphics and flyers for people and sharing bands and stuff because I didn't have the means to actually book shows by myself. Right. So it was it was just like failed as soon as I was like, oh, I'm going to start in my own booking thing. And then I was like, wait, how do you book again? Yeah. And it, and it took me a while to get back on my feet. But then I until like 2017 is when I started booking and promoting again. I got back into the uh, local music scene after not being a part of it for a while. And that's where I met uh, Casey and our friend Devin and all other friends. And we started the old Just Plain Filthy thing as a, as a way to combine all our love for a bunch of different things. So we have like music and then we have things that aren't music. Like I like skateboarding and I like wrestling and I like I'm a meme lord. So like throw them all together and just have a fun page that can gravitate towards so many different 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 demographics. And I now I now I'm in love with what I'm doing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I think that I like it because I like that way of doing it because like I, I've seen, I've watched just plain filthy, like from when you guys started it up and I've watched it go and you guys have gotten like crazy traction. Like people are really gelling with the brand, you know, like I, yeah. I feel like I, I've seen a lot of the merch go. I've seen a lot of people on the sites and like, you know, likes and social, like people are after the brand and I feel like you just made the brand from such an authentic place you're mixing all the things you authentically just like, and you're just making that be the brand instead of trying to make a brand be a thing. You're just like, these are all the things that I like and that like make me up as a person that I give a shit about. And then I'm going to just be a thing. That's those things. And then anyone that jives with that stuff can just follow that brand. Exactly. exactly. I feel like that's the way to go, dude, because that's not It's hard for you to wake up every day. I, I would imagine I'm, I'm guessing at this. Is it, I would imagine that it's not as hard to wake up every day and go do that because you're like, these are just authentically the things that I like to do. And I am doing this thing that does those things. Yeah. Instead of just waking up and like posting into the abyss of like, Hey, I like, I like wrestling. I'm going to post a wrestling match. I like this band. That's local bands. You should check them out onto my own page. I'm now, I have a place to put everything where thousands of people can see it. And I have other people that will help me get it out even further with Casey and Devin and Zoe and Alex and all the people that I've surrounded around myself. So now I can post whatever I want in any combination under the Just Plain Filthy banner and put it out there to anybody else who likes the same things that we modeled ourselves after. And it's a lot it's a lot better now because I feel like people care about what we post and knowing that what I put out there is being cared about and taken authentically and genuinely i'm like yay like i hate just people liking something because they like our page but not actually liking it because they like the content and that's yeah, now what we're at you're pressing the like button but like if you don't actually give a shit about this then like just don't press the like button like don't yeah do this like i'm doing this because this matters to me if it matters to you then like that's awesome and we can all do something that matters together but like exactly. if you don't care then then don't do that, you know? Yeah. Don't don't give me likes because you you wanna just like something. I wanna make sure that whatever I'm saying and what I'm posting is gelling with you because that's why we started this to cater those people that like what we like. 
I don't Dude, want like, some random bot from Russia named Kevin to like like <laughs> like our stuff just because he's on our page. Like, give me give me some real shit. Dude, I just picture like I wake up tomorrow and then all of my Facebook likes just completely disappear. Like all the fucking Kevins in the world finally just bailed out of the waking up from work <laughs> podcast. <laughs> shit. Why did I say that? Oh, he's biased <laughs> against Kevins. He's my whole bot audience just takes off, dude. They're gone. Well, I mean, do you shit. really need bots? I need them, man. I love them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Casey says oh. thick Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an inside joke with just plain filthy. He got like some model chick that friend requested him yesterday, and its name was just Kevin. <laughs> that's awesome. Good man. Well, so like for those of you out there that haven't um jumped in with just plain filthy, I'm gonna read you their thing off the website real quick. Just plain filthy is a clothing brand and podcast for outcasts by outcasts. Wrestling fans, metalheads, stoners, party people, and bands alike. We okay, and then you go into a couple things about like the time on it. Do you want to just talk through like what does that mean, man? Like for outcasts, by outcasts, but then you're saying like all these different, you know, like subgroups of people, like what what does that mean to you when it came to making this brand with with this crew? Um, I think we all gelled together like organically because we were all the outcasts of our like specific friend groups. Like I myself, I'm very random and I come up with like references that nobody gets or nobody should remember. And I always feel like I never fit in with my group or I'm very hyper fixated on like wrestling or music that no one's ever heard of. And that kind of puts me in a box and everybody else that's in the group kind of has that same thing going for them where they're really into their specific stuff and a lot of it overlaps with each other. So it's like the people who never fit in in their friend groups, if you're looking for a friend group to fit in, we are that friend group and we will welcome you with open arms. That's kind of what we're going for. We want to make like a family of people who need a family. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I guess I always kind of see myself in that same spot. I mean, and it's weird. Like it's, it's like a lot of people where you feel like you could probably like look at them and not say anything. And they probably get where you're at on a lot of things like those jokes or I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but like, I feel like it's like one of those things where you say that joke or you talk about that thing. And there's like that one guy in the back of the party. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. and you're like, yeah, that fucking guy. I'm going to go find him. You know, like it's like, um, I don't know. The percentage is small, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes, I just realized sometimes. that my pitch for just plain filthy to you just now kind of sounded culty, but yeah. <laughs> you said your pitch sounded a little culty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey, if you need a family, we're a family for you. And then I, as soon as I said that, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> 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 yeah everyone in the in the just plain filthy family like i like said hi to him at the show and then like afterwards they all went into one van and disappeared i mean kind of <laughs> we all piled into my uh my wife's uh expedition and went back to nashua well all right yeah. maybe you could have a cult in nashua yeah plenty of abandoned buildings so, dude, like from a promoter perspective, because like I've talked through COVID times here a lot with people in the events industry. I've talked to people in restaurants and like I've talked to so many different industries through all this shit. 
and we were talking a little bit about music industry right now, like from a local, because I've talked about things from like a big scale or something. We can talk about that too. I'd love to hear your opinion, but from a local promoter perspective, what's your pulse right now on like the local music scene? Like what's your vibe on it right now? Like how are people doing and like, what's it look like for what people are up to moving forward right now? Like, what are you seeing? What do you expect? As crappy as it is like that, there's no real local shows going on. I feel like bands are finding a real good time. Like this is the best time for you to reinvent your sound. If you ever had fears of it going to stale or if you ever had music that you were sitting on, it's a good time to create hype for yourself. I've seen a lot of metal bands, especially in the local scene, be putting out albums this year so far, um, hyping up stuff, member changes, really working out the kinks that they had before. I know it sucks not being able to play, but I mean, I can imagine that when things open back up, everyone's going to sound super tight and their stage presence is going to be like chef's kiss. It's going to go real good. Yeah. I've a lot of people just refining their craft as best as they could. And that that's the one thing you can do. If you can't go out and you can't play shows and you're not doing like online, uh, like live stream shows or anything like that. Best thing to do is to work on yourself. And I've seen a lot of bands doing that. So I'm really excited for how things are going to turn out when the world opens back up. Yeah. I think also audience wise, I think that there has been hopefully a renewed value in going to see those shows. Like, I, like, I don't know about you, man. Like I, I'm already a person that wants to be at shows. You are too. Oh yeah. But like for the person that was casually going, that was like, kind of like maybe took it for granted. I feel like that person's going to be like, fuck, I didn't realize how much I love local shows. And like, I'm going to be out right now. Like when this, when I'm allowed to be out, I'm going to be out like crazy. Yeah. We, we had to stop doing, um, doing shows. And we had a couple ideas for shows. Like we wanted to team up with a couple different promoters and do a hip hop show this year. We were going to do a a big old multi-day mixed genre fest. We had an idea for, and that was going to be really cool. And then pandemic comes around and now we're all just doing podcasts by ourselves on discord and posting memes out into the abyss and everything else got put on hold and it's yep. really hurt, man. I can't wait. Yeah. Cause even like <clears throat> with like launching a record, like I launched my last EP during COVID times here and I'll be honest, man, like I was bumming a little bit because I got so fatigued from playing like online shows. Like I, I did get a hang of them and I did enjoy them, but I had played like three or four online shows and like a festival. And then, so it, by the time it came for my like EPU to come out, I was like, I can't do another online show playing the songs again. Like I, I just don't want to do that right now. And I was like, just fatigued. Like I was just fatigued. Like there's a thing like right now where people are having like zoom fatigue where they're just like, I can't, have meetings that way anymore, like all sorts of things with that adaptation. And I think there's a lot of like things that you're saying where probably like bands are getting back into their business portion again to be like, let's organize some shit, you know, let's fix some things. Let's, you know, get better equipment. Let's get a a practice space. Let's get tighter. Like there's a lot of like good things that are happening with it. But also I definitely get the people who are out there, if you're like been tired of, of doing this, I also get it too. Like I, I was super like burnt dude, you know? 
Yeah, one thing I'm thinking about right now is all these people putting out their music and sharing their music because they can't play live shows. Uh, just imagine how good the response is going to be from your stuff when you finally get to play live shows. All these people been bumping your stuff at their house, singing the words, yeah. learning the lyrics, learning the rhythms and everything to go ape shit to. When they finally see it live, they're going to go bouncing. They're going to be screaming the lyrics at the top of their lungs. It's going to feel really good for everybody involved. It's going to make it that much more sweeter when shows come back. I like that. The market's going to be booming as soon as everything's lifted. Yeah, I agree with you. I think from every angle. And then I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for new people to get into like the promoting or venue industry because I think that they're, you know, unfortunately venues going down, which is awful because there's a lot of great venues that I love that I don't want to go that have gone. But I think also, I think a lot of real estate things for like buildings, like think about the amount of people that have gone remote and like those jobs aren't coming back. Like I think that commercial real estate is going to open up opportunities for people to like do really cheap leases and things for, and people will probably be more, more allowing of you saying like, Hey, I'm a promoter. I want to open a venue. I feel like they're going to be hungrier too, to get those leases filled and probably get it so we can have more venues, maybe. I don't know. On a local yeah. level, at least. I don't yeah. know if that Hope- is possible. Hopefully, they think of it as some money coming in is better than no money coming in. Right. So if you can like lease somebody uh, a place to open up a venue, I mean, sure, you're probably going to be eating shit for the first couple months as you're building your reputation yeah. and all that. But think of it, when it blooms, you have that extra stuff coming in that you wouldn't have had if you just left that building be vacant for who knows how long. Right. So like not to like switch up too much, but I I remember you mentioned this when we were talking beforehand and I wanted to make sure that we broke into it a little bit because I don't think I've ever asked you on it. I just watched the stuff that you were making. So like, what's it been like for you, like totally switching around with genres and stuff and like, how did that happen? Right. Because like I followed you and I see like the TJ isms in everything that you make, but like it's, you've switched around between different, genres quite a bit and then it like seems like you're you're like it seems like anything when you're there dude you know um when we when we first met around that time i was in a band called in control uh it was a hardcore metalish band i don't want to break it into subgenres because not everybody understands this but it was heavy as hell we had two vocalists we had a two guitarists a bassist a drummer um, we played a handful of shows. Only two of them were on an actual stage, and I had the fu- I had the time of my life. But after the whole band went downhill and everybody drifted away from each other, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I was never really trained like professionally or properly when it comes to the world of vocals. So I was screaming for years and just just destroying my voice. So I started oh, wow. trying to do stuff on, on the more softer end for a while and just try that out. I yeah. did some acoustic stuff, and I realized I don't really know how to play guitar either. So that was that wasn't long-lived. Uh, then I <laughs> went back to metal as a one-man band, electronically uh, done instrumentals. Uh, I don't want to use the first name, so I'm going to use the second name that I went by, and that's Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Musical. Oh yeah, I was, I was doing that for a while, and that that went cool. I did about four shows as that, 
and released two EPs. And then everything quieted down for a while. And from 2013 to now, I've been experimenting with hip hop. And I BS my way to hip hop when I first started. So I where did that teeter point happen though, dude? Cause like um, switching between the two, like I think that like from a musical standpoint, I see so many similarities. Like I can, I can see in every genre, like what, what is, what do humans like literally like about this music in general? Like what is it that there's st- similarities between every genre I feel like, but like, what was your kind of like teeter point where you're like, all right, I'm not doing this thing, but now I'm doing this thing now. And then um, like you follow it. Like what I happened? Th- I think all of it is just my appreciation for various styles of music. Like I've always been into metal and I've always been into hardcore. And that's, that's why I wanted to join that band in the ri- originally. And then I tried the acoustic stuff. Cause one of my favorite bands is bright eyes. And my another favorite band is fleet foxes. So I was like, okay, I can probably do something like that. And I tried that. That didn't work out as well. So I was like, okay, what's another thing that I like? Hip hop. I love Gangstar. I love Atmosphere. I love Dead Prez. I love Jedi Mind Tricks. If I can get something that's a little bit of all of them, but with my authentic, unfiltered opinions on social topics and like political stuff, religious stuff, um, animal things, because I'm I'm a proud vegan. I talk about that a lot in my music. So yep. put all that together. Um, what can I make? And after trying to BS my way through being funny and doing funny hip hop for a couple of years, I took a break and I came back in 2018 under the name Kill Murray. And I just started writing and writing and writing. I, ma- I made a really angry EP that I was starting off with. And I released that after my first show in 2019 uh, called Systems. And I, f- I found my niche immediately. I knew how I wanted to do stuff, the sound that I wanted to have, uh, the topics that I wanted to talk about, and the uh, the kind of demographic that I wanted to cater to. And, and now I'm having the time of my life because this is something that I love, talking about things that I love to people who think just like me or people who are open-minded enough to right. listen to my side and be open-minded about the things I'm talking about. Now I have two EPs under wraps, and I'm coming out with a seven-song, technically, album uh, in next week or two, and I'm very excited. Oh, no shit. I didn't know that that was happening this, like, now. Yeah. (laughs) What's it called? Systems 2. (laughs) Sick, man. That's cool. It's essentially the same thing as the first one, but twice as long and way more aggressive. I mean, dude, if there's any time to release something like that, this is this is a time. I touch on it. <laughs> this is a time, my friend. So, I mean, even in my own music, I think I was saying this to you, where I also, I listen to so many different types of music, and it's weird because it doesn't, it doesn't influence me, but it does. And what I mean by that, in like a very vague statement, is just that, I think that there are like elements of 
because I like performed classically and did jazz for so long. You can hear it when I play drums. You'll hear there's certain fills that I do that will have some type of swung thing where like, oh, why, yeah. why, why would it, you know what I mean? Like it's because I'm influenced by it or like you'll hear him like when I'm singing something, I'll still get influence from, I don't know, something when, even when I'm writing in punk, you'll hear something from like a pure pop or a rap thing. But like now it's, it's happening quite a bit where like, I think for so long, dude, I resisted all of these synthetic instruments for the longest time. I was like, no, just, you know, like just instruments, like blah, blah, blah. Like just not, not like shitting on anyone that didn't do that. But just like, I was like, I'm going to not write. I don't want those in my music. And then, dude, it just like, I'm just so i'm listening to so much shit every day that like now it's like i'm really driving that way and it's so subtle where like i listen to new music every week i get pumped up on new records that come out every week and then i go for runs and i just listen and i'm not it's it's runs on like blocks that i've like run for a year now you know so like i'm not even like pumped up about looking at shit anymore like i'm still trying to figure out like hey what's that guy doing to his yard or like you know i'm still trying to like scope out stuff but for the most part i'm like i'm really just like i'm so focused in on the music and that is now developing you know like what i write i don't know it's 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 just crazy how that happens man there's like some subtleties to it of like what has what has been a part of you for such a long time and like how does that like really subtly show up in things that you do and then what is things that are directly influ- influencing you like pretty heavy on a weekly basis from new content that you're sucking in that you don't even realize that is really changing the things that you're doing you know yeah yeah um i've been listening to a lot of like new music as it comes out not by like new artists but like artists that I've been listening to for a while. I've been always checking out their new stuff as soon as it comes out. And I've been picking up things like if they do something or that I never caught that they did something, I'm like, hey, I should probably try to incorporate that into my music. Like I listened to the new, like the newer stuff by Joyner Lucas. And I'm like, hey, I can probably try to like learn how to do like my syllables better so I can go faster on faster tempos. So I'm not doing everything at like 90 BPM all the time. He does a ton of <laughs> syllable work, dude. Yeah, because he he's does, very... he's like, and I was like, how the hell? Yeah. And I try to do that, and I fail, like, immediately. But I'm like, I'm slowly picking it up, and I have an idea for how I want to do things. And I'll listen to stuff like uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. And I was like, oh, they talk, they talk about a religious topic. I also have an opinion about that. I'm writing a song about that next. And it's, it's little things like that. Like, without any of the new stuff I've been listening to, Probably wouldn't have gotten any of the songs that I wrote about for Systems 2. What do you think about, because like obviously like these two records for you are so about big, big beliefs or like ideologies or, you know, big, big thoughts, right? Yeah. I, I personally, I don't know what it is, dude. I'm not uncomfortable about sharing where I stand on things, but like, I just don't write on things like that. I'm like very, I like write like almost like a very blunt story of like the exact thing that I'm doing when you're writing things like that. Like, you know, like what goes into that for you? Because it's such a statement when you do it, but it's so authentically you. Yeah. You're like, this is exactly what I think. Like what's, what's part of the process of like, of going out with some, 
some big statements on something that's controversial. Like people just have like such hot and cold state, you know, they have such hot and cold views of like, there's a lot of people I feel like that are, are super open to it. And that's where you're saying, like, I, I jam with people that think exactly like me and I jam with people that are completely open and they're fine with it. Maybe they disagree, but like, they're actually fine with just listening to me say my shit. But there's a bunch of people, dude, that like all of a sudden, like it's it's fucking nuts, man. People just get triggered and triggered and triggered instead of just like listening to what people say and you can still say no to it. You don't have to accept it. You can just, yeah. you can straight up just hear someone talk and then just be like, I don't agree with that, but they think that thing. Like, it's like, what do you think about that? And like modern time or like putting out, putting out that content. Uh, I'm very much in the way of how people used to say, in small talk, don't talk about these so-and-so topics because they are hot topics and they're very divisive. I'm very aware of my surroundings, so I know not to talk about this or that here or there. Um, but I run Kill Murray very similarly to how I run Just Plain Filthy, where I'm pretty much catering to people that want to hear what I'm talking about and they know what they're getting into. But at the same sure. time, um, I don't know if we have any wrestling fans out there that are listening at the moment, but very to. much uh, Eric Bischoff-esque, where I say controversy creates cash. Um, if, I, <laughs> if I say something and you don't agree with it, but in not agreeing with it, you share it and you go, get a load of this guy. Well, Look thank you for the asshole. publicity. Because, <laughs> yeah, because then thank you for the publicity, because now you're sharing my stuff to people that wouldn't have seen it without your outrage and they might, they might fuck with my stuff. So that's why I'm doing it. Like I'm not out in public preaching to people. I'm recording this because that's what I do. This is my outlet. So you're hearing my thoughts in their purest form in my music, in the privacy of my own home. I'm not having small talk with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're so not, I, we're I not meeting the, for the first time, the time and hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have I all the that. all the things at my expense to say things how I want, how I want, when I want, and like you're not gonna like come to my house and tell me not to. Yeah. So so <laughs> putting it out there, and then if you're like, oh, this guy makes some valid points, I didn't think about it like that. Well, now you thought about it like that, and it opened your mind up a little bit. But at the same time, if you don't mess with it and you don't like it. You can always turn my music off or you can share it and get me more listeners. I don't really care what you do with it. Well, dude, I love it because I feel like sometimes with hip hop or like punk or hardcore or metal or whatever, all these alternative genres, you get hit with this stuff where it's just like a a blanket. Like, I'm just like not going to pay. Like, I just think this is not for me or whatever. And I, I was talking to you about like what sprung me. Like, I, I think a, a long time ago, I, I was going to have you on, but like recently I was like, fucking, oh yeah, like I'm going to have this person on because I was wearing your just plain filthy shirt yeah. and it's, it was the one that's like, you'll, you'll tell me exactly what it says. Cause it says like no politics, no religion, no race, like just plain filth or something. Right. Yeah. It's, it says, uh, no gender, no politics, no race, just filth. Right. So that has that on the back of the shirt and it has like the just plain filthy shirt. And like for people who haven't seen his brand, it totally has like that old hardcore vibe to it. Like all the writing and everything. It's just got that vibe. 
you and know that's what we that's what we catered to that's what we wanted to keep for our look right and like i'm like like me an old hardcore kid growing up i'm like i fucking need that shirt like i need that shirt <laughs> right now you know so like i bought and i love the message too dude like obviously but Thank you. i bought the shirt and it is funny man because when i wear that shirt or any shirt that's like that shirt in terms of like writing and style right I am prepared to have people like kind of not be cool with me sometimes. Like they'll see my tattoos, they'll see the grungy, the grungy shirt and the all black or something. And I'll be somewhere. And I'm just so used to it by now where it's, it's, and people are obviously like more and more accepting every day, but it's just like, I'm so used to like, some people are just not going to be cool with me or they're going to think that I'm going to steal something or they think that I'm going to do something bad or whatever. Right. Uh, Story of my life. (laughs) And then I had three people, three old women in a row at the post office be like i love that shirt great shirt and i'm just sitting there i'm like trying to find someone behind me or something like looking around i'm like me oh me oh you're cool with me like (laughs) and it's just like but but i guess my like long story of that is just like it's kind of funny that like a lot of those topics that you might be saying really forward that might trigger some people real hard are also kind of universal too and people just might not give them the time sometime where you're like just because i'm saying this through hip-hop or through metal or i'm wearing this shirt that you might think just by look like you didn't read it right you didn't read the shirt you legit just looked at me and you're like you're a problem for me or like you might be a bad thing but when you read the shirt you're like oh in 2020 with all the shit that's happening in the world and i read that shirt i'm like we're on the same page we're from different age groups yeah we are in different subgroups and sub subcultures and things like that. We are from different backgrounds. We agree on something and you're like, yeah, no shit. Like we like kind of like sometimes it makes sense to agree on. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm sorry. I I'm getting like so you. spun up, dude, but it's just like that with your brand. I just thought it was cool to see it come full circle with like, a, I bought it way back when I think I bought it like quite a bit back. I, th- I think it was when, when we booked you at a night of filth, I believe yeah. you stopped by the merch table and Devin gave you the whole spiel where he's like, you look like the kind of man who wears t-shirts and you're like, yeah. And then you bought one. It always <laughs> works. Um, th- this whole pandemic kind of was at the terrible time because we put all of our orders on our just plain filthy merch site. We put it all as sold out because we're trying to work with local uh, printers and try to eliminate the printing fee because we're doing stuff that's like um, print to order online. So they they charge you per shirt. Same. So we're, we're trying to eliminate that and go local. So we pay one thing and then we can keep all the money on our side and do whatever we want it. If we want to do like a, a charity thing, we can donate to however much for to charity. And it's not like donating 50 cents out of the $2 that we get. So we get, we're trying to do something like that. But now, the moment that we'd be able to sell way more t-shirts is the moment where everything is shut down and everything takes forever to ship because pandemic and safety protocols. Yep. And it's just like, oh, worst timing. Why couldn't you have done that when we were literally doing nothing and the world was still open? I know. <laughs> yeah. I have it with um, my buddy Simon, who's been on here, like the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. He's been on the show a couple times. He works for a merch shop down in Texas. Yeah. And they have something that they set up for me for like the waking up from work shirts that I have right now where they do like a made to order thing. And it's nice because like, I don't get the biggest margin from it. 
but his local business, their local business down in Texas, it's a local business, small business. And instead of doing like Teespring or something like that, like it is just these dudes down in, you know, Fort, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth that are making the shirts to order and then they're shipping them out. And, um, it also helps us on year. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm dude, I'm so about small business. I'm so about trying to stimulate like other people in this, uh, this community here that hang out in this podcast. Like there's been so many good connections that can happen that way that anything you can do to do that is a good thing. I'm, I'm happy that I'm drifting away from the site that we were using because it was literally like, uh, eight to $10 per shirt was the fee. And then we would try to charge like 20 to 25 because we had to cover our costs somehow. Yep. We weren't making any. And then I kept fearing that we were charging too much for not enough. And then we'd get it and then it'd be like, okay, well now the profit that you made from last time is paying for the next shirt. So we're not really getting anything. And I'm like, this has to stop. <laughs> yeah. We can't pay for bands or we can't pay for new merch and we can't pay for better equipment or anything on like $8 after like four shirt sales. It's just, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely gets tricky, but then it's like support local business people for real. (laughs) So like, so well, so do you guys order them in then like old school, like you order them in, in pieces or how have you been setting that up? Um, with the site that we had, we just have all the designs on whatever shirt and sizing that we have for each shirt. So say you want that shirt that you have, but you want in like a double XL, uh, well, we'd have that on double XL on Bella canvas and charge it like $24. And then it'd be like an extra $5 for shipping anywhere in the U S. Yeah. So you'd pay like $29 for it collectively. And we'd made only see like $10 out of it. Right. So it was terrible because it was, it was a print port per order. So we didn't order multiple things, uh, ahead of time to sell it was all just as people order it it got printed and shipped out so, so wh- it was a it was a process what do you do now then you um, still do we're, that we're planning we're planning on uh pricing everything out getting our logos and stuff that we want on select shirts and uh going to actual print shops having them screen print all our stuff so we give them the money and then we can charge a little less than we've been charging online Right. So so everybody benefits from it. And then if we end up doing something like uh, 2018, I vended RPM Fest in Montague, Massachusetts, all three days, um, all three days, all of our um, all of our raffle stuff that we had. We had one T-shirt for a raffle. We had CDs. We had pins. We had patches and we had hats. Um, everything that was from those sales went into our raffle. And all the raffle money went to a cause called In Defense of Animals. It's an environmental and animal uh, rehabilitation and um, like a like a safe place for animals. And uh, we got we did that, but we didn't do too well because of our margins and stuff. So we ended up selling many shirts. So now we're trying to think of if we do that now, we'll be able to bust those numbers way more. Because no one's going to pay $25 for a shirt that just has our logo on the front. But they will pay like like 15 to $18 for a full front shirt with some awesome stuff on the back of it. And we can Hell do yeah. that with those prices. Yep. Hell so yeah. I, I can't wait for things to go back to the way they were because then we can mold Just Plain Filthy exactly where we wanted to make it. 
Because now people know the name. It's going to be so much easier to get people behind us for everything that's coming up. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like, honestly, like a piece of like, like that's, I get super tied to like brands like that when it's a local brand, because it's like, I don't know when I'm, when I'm wearing a just plain filthy shirt, it, to me, like, obviously it represents like the things that you have on your, uh, like sometimes you have phrases like that, that are like, kind of like a, like F you, like we stand for like equality essentially which yeah. I'm obviously about, but also like when you wear it, you feel like a, a piece of the scene here because it's like, you're such a part of the scene. So it's like, I'm repping the scene is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Also, like I'm also repping the scene. And That's so a way to put it. yeah, dude, I think like any of those local brands like that, um, even though like you have like a pretty big presence online, it's just, um, it's more of a statement of like, what do I stand for kind of deal? Right. Then you got shirts that just have like stripper on a on a pole in a church and it says thoughts and prayers. But like But even that though, dude, it's like <laughs> it's just a challenge. If you though. were wearing that at the post office and they said, I like your shirt, you're like something's <laughs> up. Yeah, well, what's up? I like I church know. strippers. <laughs> I know. There's some that are but dude, I even that's a thing though, man. I think it's like a challenge thing of like uh is this really going to fuck up your day if you see the shirt? Is that really like the worst thing in your world? Like, can if we just t- be- if a t-shirt's the worst thing that you see in your day Calm or that down. experience? You got way easy. You got a way easier life than most people. What? So wait. So like, real quick, because I think I, like we talked so much into like why you created this brand and things like that. Like, what's behind just plain filthy? Like, why is that the name? Okay. Um. I'm going to sound like a geek to a lot of people, but uh, me and Casey Campbell, who you might have seen in the comments section, Casey Plain Filth, um, we started a group online. I do what some might pe- what some people might call efeds, which is uh, role-playing wrestling, where you play a character and you cut wrestling-style promos against other people playing a character. And whoever does the better video at the end of the week ends up being winner. We started a thing called filth, which meant forever. I live to hate. We are very against authority group that we had. And we, me and him have just called each other like filth as a group for years. And then when I wanted to start something, I brought in Casey because he loves the music scene. He loved wrestling and he had very similar ideals as I did. So yeah. I wanted to have an homage to our little one, how we met and started got closer with filth. So I was like, just plain filthy. We're just two plain filthy boys. Put, a, <laughs> put us together. And then people just, whatever they thought it meant, they were on board with it. Like it means a little bit, something different to everybody. Yeah. But especially since we modeled our, like our catalog kind of after like, what would it be if Spencer's was a part of like the local scene? Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of like what our totally get that, is. dude. Yeah. So I totally works get that. Out with the name. Way more creative Spencer's though. Like actually thinking oh, yeah. about something that's like a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to sell a shirt that just says boobies on it. Like it's going to be <laughs> at least something more to it. Wait, I, my, I love the, um, was it the Taco Bell one? The tiny condoms. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite one. And I only sold like five of them. It's uh, come on. Really? Yeah. 
Dude, I, I looked at that shirt and I was like, this thing sell it has to sell like fire, man. Yeah, people I buy wear it when I do comedy. Oh my god, I can't believe people don't buy that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could see how it means something to everyone different. Like for me it's like just like I don't know, that grit lifestyle where you're just like, I just make things work somehow and it's just like I also don't give a shit about your judgment of like how I make it work, I just do it. You know? Oh yeah, that's, I don't know. That's definitely my my approach to a lot of things. I don't know if I immediately thought of that when I made the brands, but it definitely works. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, dude, I think that you've listened to some of my episodes. Have you ever heard like how I cap it out, where I do like the last five questions? I I've heard. One of the ones with a drummer who is also in real estate. I heard I heard that one all the way through. So I think I know. Let's get to it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So I always ask five questions at the end because I like taking this many creatives. Like right now, this is episode 79 and asking them the same questions. And like after 100 episodes, I'm going to look back and like see what are people answering the same? Like, what are some like way different answers? That's honestly like what it's about is like figuring out like, what do we all think about? Cause we're all kind of, we're all super similar, but we're all like doing our own thing too. But yeah, we all have little things that are comparable. We're weird, dude. We're a weird crew. You know, we're yeah. just plain filthy. You yeah. know, we're, we're out, we're out there. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. Yo, we out here, man. Gang gang. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, what it's hard for you. Cause you do a bunch of different things, but like what makes it so that these are the things that you wake up to do every day? Like why, why do you do the things that you do instead of any other thing that you could do? Like, why is this the thing that you do? Uh, I feel like as far as music promoting goes, um, I was in bands and if I didn't promote myself back in the day, Nobody else would. Yep. And I know a lot of people think that way nowadays too. Uh, I just want to be the one that lends out that helping hand and be like, Hey, I see you guys. I see you grinding. I see you putting in all that work. I want to make sure that I can put some time in to make sure you have some more listeners for your art. So that's one of my main things. And also the more content that I come up with, the more things that I can do, I can milk it out and perfect it over time. But if I don't have something, I where where am I going to go with it? Like I'm just going to have little starts for things for however long it may be, and I'm not going to know where to go. So if I constantly work on stuff until it's finished and exactly how I want it, I'm always going to have some key content that I'm going to love. Yeah. No, I think it's like you'll hear it out there. Consistency is key. Yeah. And I think that that can mean a bunch of things, but I think like. Like I was talking to you, like you're like, um, we're talking about like being on the podcast and it's like, you are a dude that I've known since 2011, which is at this point, nine years doing, doing shit, dude, like trying to do shit. And like, that's a thing that is really fucking hard to do because this stuff is, is tiring and it's really, oh, yeah, it is. dude, it's tiring. It's tiring to throw stuff out there. And like, if people don't react or throw it out there and then they react ne- negatively, it's tiring to like go to work, get out of work and then do a bunch of other shit. 
it's tiring to like all this shit is tiring to do it for nine years like that you have to like what you're doing to like do that for nine years and like that's a thing that's hard to do to like continuously consistently do anything is fucking hard you know yeah definitely so throughout the process of like all this time like doing these different things what would you tell like five years ago you like if you could instantly learn all the things that you've learned from doing this so far what would you say like if you could instantly give that lesson to that person so they they but they didn't have to actually do this thing like what what would be a thing like the biggest mistake like don't do this thing like this sucks don't do that i think i still do what i'm gonna tell myself not to do but i do it less Oh. <laughs> um, five, five years ago, I was always concerned about the numbers. Okay. I feel like I would always be trying to put something out there and I'd be like, oh no, only 10 people watched this. This is terrible. Instead of just thinking like, okay, but next time those 10 people might check out my new stuff. And then plus the 10 people that are going to find out later and I'm going to progressively grow. I didn't right. think about that earlier. I'd be like, 10 people, This is I'm doing this for nobody. I give up. And yep. I did that so often, but now I don't do it as much. I just keep grinding. So I feel like that's a, that's a good point because I probably would have made it where I am with just playing Filthy or Kill Murray if I didn't learn that lesson. Dude, it's so easy to do where like well, I'll look on this Instagram or like I'll look at my podcast I, like listen downloads or something like that and if you see stuff like perform bad where like two people view on instagram or like something low like l- luckily thank you guys first of all like there's been a bunch of people that have been awesome and listening to this show consistently a bunch of people hanging out on instagram live here consistently but sometimes there's bad nights or there's a topic i cover that's like a flop or something and it's really easy to look at that and be like, why does any of this matter? Like, what, like, why don't, why don't I, why do I put in all this effort to do this? But then like you chat with people, dude. And like, some people have told me that this has helped them get over something or like they were like depressed and this like really fucking helped them out or like whatever it is, like listen to my music. And then like, it was something similar in their life and they could relate to it and they couldn't talk to anyone. Like all of a sudden, like relating to it, like made them feel cool about it. And then like go chill with friends and like, all that shit, man, like, even if the views are down, whenever I hear anything like that to give something to me, to tell me, the, like, that alone, you're like, okay, I will do this even if I continually never get anything. Because, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, like, just knowing that it mattered to anyone, but then, like, you're totally right about people, like, yeah, this is 10 views right now, but those 10 views, maybe they, like, really fucking like this, and they'll come back next time, and then if I keep doing this forever then it'll be like a really big deal later. Exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it resonates with them, then they'll share it. And hopefully one or two people from each of those people who shared it, see it and you'll grow exponentially over time. Yeah. That's a super good attitude, dude. That's the right attitude too. Like that's what every content creator I've ever heard or talked to says. It's just consistency, man. I'll get better at it. I'm still learning. Same man. Every day. Flip side were uh best decision you've ever had it's kind of sometimes can be the same thing but like what's something that people should start totally doing like right away or something you like you did and you're like that was the best choice like i'm so happy i did that uh i think i harped on it earlier in the podcast but try to be authentically you 
Don't try 100%. to be a, a caricature of somebody you wanted to be. Don't be somebody that you just think other people are going to like. Yep. If you are you and you are unapologetically you, people are going to like you for you. And it's going to be easier to put out stuff that means more to you. Because say like, say I really like Pokemon or something. And I put out something about Pokemon that I'm very proud of. Which I now, do. Which yeah. I do, dude. <laughs> I still fucking love Pokemon. I and then love all Pokemon. the people that I know or that find me that like Pokemon because I unapologetically like Pokemon yeah. find my stuff and share it. Now I have that niche covered and they like that. Just like me. I really like hip hop. I'm very against a lot of things that I talk about in my music. Yeah. And I'm not shy about it. The people who think the same way as me like that and i'm not being anybody else but what i'm being so i feel like be you first and foremost and find a way to just come up with more and more content while staying true to yourself yeah i've definitely heard that before and i believe it too man because like for two things like you can't i i believe that people cannot keep up the act like it's exhausting to not be you it's like it's so easy to wake up and be you because like that's it, dude. Like you literally woke up and you're that person. It's like, it's exhausting to put on an act. First of all, like for letting you like, like to your point for consistency, TJ, like you can't just keep putting on an act forever. You're, you're going to cave at some point. You can't keep that consistency that's needed if you can't be you. But at the same point also, like, you know, I like what you say about you want to be used so that like it attracts the people that want to hang with you. And I, I, I believe that in the same way for this podcast where, you know, I run a creative entrepreneur, creative business podcast, but I swear a ton in it. And I talk about punk and music and all sorts of random bullshit in it. And people sometimes like be like, Hey, like, uh, I don't know. I get emails and things from all these people and like self-help. And I talk about a lot of self-help and mindset and things like that. But I'm also like super realist, super blunt, super like about what's actually happened in my life. And I, I think that I hang with people and like communicate with people better when I'm just saying like, this is the things that have happened to me. These are the things that I'm aware of. And this is like what I can relate on. And like, if I can't relate on it, then I'm not going to talk to it and I'm cool to hear about it. But like, I, I can't say shit about anything that I don't know, you know? Yeah, exactly. So so much easier that way. All right. So what is a resource you'd recommend the audience? It can be off of anything that you're about. It can be podcast, video, book, you know, I don't know, man. It can legit be anything that someone should check out if they're into any of the things that you're into. What should people check out? Um, for me personally, I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff uh, through Spotify uh, I know a lot of people talk about Spotify and they're like, oh, it's evil, it's evil. But uh, if you have a bunch of friends who are also on Spotify, uh, if you're in a band, this is where it becomes really good for bands. Um, get all your friends' bands and your bands and create playlists. Mm. Share the playlists in groups yep. that, are, that evolve around that kind of music or those po- kind of podcasts or whatever. And share it every now and then. Get more people to join them and join your group. And then you have people listening to all these different bands 
and then your stuff will come up too. And you, everybody helps each other by sharing that one playlist and stuff. It's kind of what, um, there's a group that I'm with called angry boy collaborative. And there's four or five different artists under that banner. And we started off on Spotify, um, under a playlist. And I think in one year I got like 20,000 plays on systems and, no I, shit. And I got about 10,000 on everything you love is gone. Wow, man. Because we're all just hustling and we're supporting each other and we're getting our names out there and sharing the playlist and stuff. So that's if awesome. You have, dude. If you have the option of doing that, I definitely suggest it because evil or not, it's definitely helped me and it got my name out there and it, it definitely helps as a promotional tool. Dude, I'm going to say right now that I don't think Spotify is evil. I don't either, especially I looked into it a little bit more and almost all of the money that they make from it goes back into the app itself or it goes into record companies. I think if anything, the record companies are the ones yes. that are taking advantage and Spotify yep. is just being the tool that it was made for. 100% dude. Like people, people a lot of times can get like, they just get so fucking mad when they see that there's a lot of money somewhere but they don't take the time to figure out where the money is going and why it's happening. Exactly. Why is like the most important thing ever. Like the, the, what is the money? There's money everywhere, but money doesn't create an issue it's the way and where and why that money moves that, that is a thing. And like, I'm not going to totally go off. This could legit be an episode of just Spotify. Cause it's such a big debate. And I'm not <laughs> saying that like, like it wouldn't be good for artists to like get a little bit better pay on Spotify when it switched to like the major medium that we bring our money in from, for music. But at the same time, like there's still opportunity. Like I, I haven't seen any less opportunity out there. It's just shifted. And, and I feel like a lot of people just haven't moved yet of like where that's supposed to be at. And it still does so many good things for music and it's still gotten us into so many areas that like, there's so many people that would not engage with music, not on any regular basis that do because it's so accessible right now that there's so much good that it's like, it, it, I, I feel that it outweighs the bad. And I feel like there is definitely a lot of evil behind the money, but it's not necessarily Spotify. It's, it's other things that are at, there's so many factors that, that contribute to that. It's crazy. I'm hoping I can just get that that momentum that I had from Angry Boy Collaborative and tie that over to my new album that's coming out because that's going to be the first one that I am on Spotify as Kill Murray and not Angry Boy Collaborative. So I'm going to have to start from scratch. So I'm hoping people follow me along with that. Why can't you do the Angry Boy stuff? Oh, no. Um, everybody that was under that, um, before they dropped like their first album, was just under the account as Angry Boy Collaborative. Oh, one but, account. One account. Okay. So now we're branching out and we're making our own accounts. Yeah. So we can get onto like compilations and do all this other stuff. And yeah. Then we can easily track who did what. And that's what I'm hoping is going to happen once this new stuff drops. Because I'm Word. not going to be underneath the umbrella anymore. I'm going to be on my own account. Okay. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Let's do it, man. We'll share it on here. All right. Oh, okay. So 
Uh, last one, dude, is the super easy one. It's just like, where do people keep up with you and your stuff? And they want to check out Just Plain Filthy. They want to check out Kill Murray. They want to check out whatever. Where do they go? Okay, so I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Kilmurray603. That's K-I-L-L-M-U-R-R-A-Y-603. And you can see all the Just Plain Filthy stuff, Twitter and Instagram at JPF Podcast, and Just Plain Filthy. Um, make sure you don't put that as one word, because that's a, a rap group. But uh, you do three words, Just Plain Filthy, and you can find us on Facebook. Word. All right, so for those of you out there that are doing shit, go to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes and all those links will be there. Or if you're listening on some type of podcast platform, you can just check out below in the show notes. That's also there as well. You can just click those links. You don't have to go type them up or put them in some type of note or some other old school thing. You can click those links up, people. TJ, thanks. Uh, I can't see you right now because that Instagram live feed cut off. (laughs) But dude, thank you for being on the show and hanging with me for an hour on a Thursday, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. I loved it. Good, man. 